Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode 208 for June the 2nd, 2017. This is Slamfire Radio, and I'm your host, Kelly. Hello? Hello. Hello, Matthew. Where are you? That's what I was waiting for, but I guess he's not (laughs) going to show up. So, all right. I'm another host, Trevor. And I'm Adriel. Hey. Hi, Frosty. Hey. Hello. How is everybody? Mm, Good. Good. Excellent. Hey. Trevor. Yes. What you get in the mail today? No, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Since you sent it, figures you would want to bring it up and talk about it. I, I can't did say not send I, it. I cannot say what I got in the mail today. It would not be appropriate for the show. However, whoever, Kelly, it packed it. You got if you're going to send glitter bombs to me, make sure the outside of the package is clear. Every time I get a package from a suspicious address or an unknown location i'm not expecting anything i inspect said package and there was glitter under the tape which gave it away so i took it outside and opened it outside and to my surprise what was it it was a bag of dicks (laughs) gummy bears no there were no bears in the bag (laughs) at all (laughs) this is the second time that this kind of package arrived in conjunction with an event where my house is full of people. The first one was, it was like two years ago. Um, Stephen Casey sent a bag and I didn't say nothing to nobody. I opened it, saw what it was. The house is full of people. I immediately shut it and didn't say boo. And then one of my buddy's wives came over and uh, now that implies that he has more than one. My buddy's wife came over and she found them and she started eating them. Brian Bolivar thought it was hilarious. And, uh, Anyway, so, you see, Christina has this this habit of touching my stuff. I even put a meme on Facebook today about how, you know, I don't usually lose stuff. I was going to comment if, on that. Yeah, I don't usually lose stuff, <laughs> yeah. but if I do, it's because my wife touched it, right? So what did I do? I left the bag of, you know what, where I know she's going to touch it, and it's barely closed. So she's going to grab this in one of her hurried races across the kitchen to get to the other side in a hurry to do nothing and when she picks it up the glitter dicks are going to go everywhere because not only was it a bag of dicks it was filled with glitter dicks as well so super duper double double whammy they filled it with glitter they filled it with a particular type of glitter i wonder (laughs) if you can actually so i think it was one of those anonymous ones that would send you right i wonder what else they'd fill it with I, I'm sure I don't know. I'm not childish enough to send my friends and co-hosts bags of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> but you are pretty good at examining the packages, so you're yes. yes very Look, good. I should work for the I should work for the FBI, like figuring well, out letter, think, letter bombs. I, I think pretty good that if you work for the FBI, yeah. you'd suck because I didn't send them. That's funny, Adriel. That's <laughs> funny. All right. Okay. 
so let's do let's do what we did in guns and what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the calgary shooting senator is center senator, senator the calgary senator, shooting senator center center canada's premier firearms retailer uh the calgary shooting center has a ppu uh 5.56 on for $469 per thousand okay is that a good price yeah absolutely Okay. Usually, uh, usually five five six is right around five hundred plus, uh, and uh, mm. so four sixty nine per thousand is pretty good. That's that's yeah, non steel case. That's brass case, right? Okay. Yep. Okay. The PPU stuff is brass case, which is going to make it a bit more expensive because it costs more to manufacture, and you can collect the brass and reuse it. Right. So go and check out the Calgary Shooting uh, Center there, not Senators. <laughs> 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 All right, Trevor. So you remember last week I was asking Matthew if he had a varmint license because there was a crow's nest on the property adjacent to the range? Yeah, well, I took care of it myself. Didn't get it in the face, but I did knock it right out of the nest. So uh, that's one down. It's my first varmint of the year. It was worth the price of the license. Yeah. So, and then, um, was that after? That was right before shooting... Two Ipsic matches because shortly after I went back to the range and then Andy, Captain Andy from Nova Scotia arrived. And uh, Captain Andy's my new nemesis, you see. Uh, oh, it's kind of a cool story. And, and it really kind of came full circle. Andy is standing on the range with myself and Matthew McClatchy. The range where Matthew McClatchy and I took our black badge uh, in 2011. The same weekend that we were shooting these matches was the anniversary of the weekend that Matthew and I became Ipswich shooters and took our black badge. Andy reminded us, because he had told me this once before, I shoot Ipswich because of you guys. I didn't, listening to you guys talk about Ipswich on the show is what got me into Ipswich. And here he was shooting with us in Restigush where Matthew and I started. I, I get all nostalgic about these things. I thought it was really, really neat that, you know, here he was. He started shooting Ipsic because of listening to the show. Then I met him at a match. Then we became friends. Now I stay at his house when we go to matches. It's just, man, the shooting Aww. sports bring so many people together, and you meet so many amazing friends, and it's just it's just awesome. So that being said, the bastard needs to stop because <laughs> he is now my nemesis. He's better than you? Well, we're trading off, Kelly. We're trading yeah. off. We're going, one, we're going punch for punch here. He beat me at Spring Bang, which is a – uh, a two-day indoor shoot in hell in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia at the AMA indoor range. He beat me at that match this past March, and it may be the first time he beat me. I'm not 100% sure, but, I mean, I had a challenging match, and uh, so he beat me. All right. Fast forward to the first outdoor match of the season. I beat him. Yeah. Then fast forward to Restigush last Saturday. He beat me. It was because of the crow. Karma. <laughs> Then we go to the match <laughs> in Capilay the next day in Sutton the next day on and Sunday, and I beat him. Oh, so yeah, we've been yeah. I, I'm not sure I want to play in classic anymore. Oh, and and I was bragging about how I beat Lorette at that match in in Halifax. Yeah. Well, I beat Andy, but Lorette trumped us both. <laughs> oh. He reminded us of our age and stature. He's yeah. So Andy and I were very close. We were like three mm-hmm. percent apart. But I didn't even make ninety percent of Lorette. I was like eighty nine something, and Lorette was a hundred percent. So he done he done trumped us on Sunday in Capilay. So the matches were awesome. We had, uh, I, but the numbers were were really disappointing. We had eleven people show up to my match. Well, 
it was a little short notice. It wasn't an official Ipsic match. It had some props and stuff that, that made it not an official Ipsic match. So, you know, whatever it is, what it is, we didn't get a lot of people. We only had 11 shooters. Um, the next day in Capillet, we only had nine shooters. And as if nine shooters isn't bad enough, yeah. four of four of them were from out of province. Oh. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so... Wow. Uh, th- yeah, th- we had the two boys from Prince Edward Island who uh, took their black badge with me in the Miramichi a couple years back, yep. and uh, one guy from Halifax plus Andy was on his way back to uh, Nova Scotia, and then uh, two from St. John, one local guy, Matt Lorette, and uh, I went down from Campbellton. So anyway, it's still early in the season, so yeah. hopefully the numbers will pick up. And we rolled out practice score. I uh, used it on Saturday at our match. Um, even go. though it went awesome. It was so awesome. Kelly, like muffin was CRO for his squad and he made it back to the stats, stat stats shack. Oh my goodness. Before his squad did. And by the time his squad arrived, mm-hmm. I had the scoring complete and the first page of results printed everything. The technology hmm. worked perfectly. The wireless print, Adriel, I'm going to pick Good. your brain. I know, you know, way more about computers than I do, but sometimes the tablets want to talk to the, to the wireless printer and sometimes they don't so i don't know why it's not consistent but anyway on this day everything worked good so i'm going to pick your brain about that next day took the tablets to uh capillet yep. and the match director down there was like sure let's give it a go so i inputted all of his stages into the tablet squatted everybody in the tablet we had two tablets ready to go but with only nine people we decided to just stay in one squad but so we you know gave him the tablet at the end of the day he he Pushed the buttons, figured out who, who the winners were, read off the results, gave me back the tablet. I got home. I posted it to the practice score website and emailed the results all directly from the tablet. I love this stuff. Well, I wish I would have gotten into it a couple of years ago. Ipsic New Brunswick bought tablets for the clubs to use. So they provided a couple of the clubs in the province, each with two tablets. Now that uh, my club has two hubs, that we can use on site to sync these things. I'm hoping everybody gets on board and uh, and starts using them. I, I'm going to send an email to Ipsic New Brunswick here soon and ask if they're going to buy cases for the tablets because there's no case for the tablet, no screen protector for the tablet. It's only a matter of time before somebody drops one or hits it on yeah. their holster. Yeah, so yeah, it needs to be some heavy duty, nasty like cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bought I bought. Um, well, we have 14 tablets. I bought 14 cases. One black one the rest all blue uh the black one is so to identify it as the master tablet that everything is built on and they look like like tire tread on the back that's how big and heavy duty and rubbery they are plus they came with a screen protector which i didn't know so that's pretty awesome you're backing Uh, everything up right yeah yeah yeah. i put everything on one tablet and then i sync it the match i want for that day onto the other tablets but i also keep another tablet another copy on my phone in case the master tablet should die good yep all right um steel challenge is saturday so i went out tuesday night with a couple of guys from the club and we set up our six stages we use four from the actual steel challenge rule book and then a a plate rack stage and a texas star stage and then we're going to do a dueling tree man versus man and a plate rack man versus man and that and smoke on the waters doing the barbecue so yeah, everything's all taken care of. I'll pick up the awards tomorrow. Um, I'm going to go tomorrow after work and do a little bit of practice because it's not like Ipsic where you're not allowed to shoot the stages ahead of time. 
Uh, everybody has to have the same amount of time on the stage. It's a steel challenge. You can build them and practice them all you want. So I will get some practice on them tomorrow, especially since I play, I painted all the plate. Well, we'll get into it later, but all the plates are the same color, but one yeah. plate is identified as your stop plate. And we used to paint the stop plate a different color, but it turns out that's not correct. You paint the base or the stand that the plate is on a different color to identify it as a stop plate. So um, what else? And I did a little bit of reloading and sorting of ammo before the show here. And uh, and that's it. I'm just looking forward to having a house full tomorrow night. Bolivar and Jay Hines from the... All right. Yeah, the Ontario crew is going down. Yeah, so the boys from Modern, uh, Modern Rifle and Radio will be here. Well, two of the four anyway. Yep. Filthy will be here. Mark Price, a listener from Filthy's hometown, Fredericton, will be here. Uh, Paul Lombard, the um, CCFR field officer director for New Brunswick, will be here. Some of the Ipsic shooters from around the province will be here. Um, it's going to be like the house is full. we got people staying on every floor from the cave all the way to, to cots in the basement. Plus, of course, Gallon will be in the backyard in the tent. Of course. So, of course. He sleeps outside. Well, yes, he does. He does. He slept <laughs> yes. outside in uh, Michigan back in April. It's kind of like when a stray comes into the neighborhood and you kind of want to adopt it, but your parents won't let it in the house because they're not really sure where it's been. Yeah. Sort of the same deal. Oh, poor Gallon. I like Gallon. Everybody likes Gallon. I know. All right. Adriel, how about you? Oh, I didn't do very much for shooting, but I bought some guns. So Good last uh, last week on the show there, I bought that Savage 64. Uh-huh. Uh, and I bought a Remington 597, which I don't think I talked about on the show. Did I? Nope. No. No. No, you didn't. Okay. Oh, look well, at all the 22s you bought. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> Once yeah. you buy one, it's like, why don't I just buy, like, all of them? All of them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to do uh, I'm gonna do a head-to-head on them. Uh, the Savage yes, 64, please. Ruger 1022, Remington 597, and a Marlin 795. I can't believe you bought them all. That's awesome. This reminds me of me buying striker polymer pistols, but this, this is awesome. I can't wait to see range footage, tabletop reviews. This is a, I don't know if this is, it's never been done before. I don't know if anybody's ever taken all of the most popular semi-auto 22s and went, put them up head to head. And of course, I, I, I'm going to bet that the Marlin's going to be the most accurate. Yep. I think you're going to like the Remington over the Ruger. And I'm a Savage fan, so I can't wait to hear where the Savage is going to uh, is going to is going to finish in this. Uh, the Squire had one; it was beautiful. Had a fluted barrel, wooden stock. Uh, he he didn't have any issues that I'm aware of. I know Savage you, 64 you, or the yeah. t- or the bolt action one. No, 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 no. He had a, the semi-auto. Really? Huh? Yep. Yeah. I didn't know that they came in a in a fluted barrel. Like that's the. So like just just for the listeners, the Savage sixty four is the the least expensive of the bunch. Then the Marlin, then the Remington, then the Ruger, depending on on option, kind of a thing, right? Of course, yeah. But uh, uh, it price wise, the the Savage sixty four and the Marlin seven ninety five compete pretty close to each other, uh, whereas the Remington's just a bit more, and uh, and the Ruger's the most, but is like easily the most popular out of the whole whack of them kind of well, a thing. Well, you can. It's like an That's AR. You can buy anything. For it and change anything out on the Ruger. I saw some yeah. guy today asking about a twelve hundred dollar Ruger, ten twenty two. Well, oh yeah, there's, uh, you well, can buy a three hundred and fifty dollar railed receiver for it from Delat right. and other companies. I mean, mm-hmm. if you build the Volkorten ten twenty two or the Kid ten twenty two, you're yep. easily up there. Well, mine mine's over twelve hundred dollars right now. Oh, I believe it. 
cray cray. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but oh. yeah, I was thinking about that, and I'm just gonna say, yeah, crazy. To, but then I thought, you know what? After you put start changing out stuff, yeah, it's going to be over for a 22 rifle. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a great idea. Put them head to head. Yeah. No, they're uh, so. I mean, like. The, the Savage 64 is the, the least expensive. It's been around forever, like since the uh, since the 60s kind of a thing. Uh, it's got an older design. I think there's, the, like, um, you guys were mentioning that the Ruger 1022 is the most expensive. I think design-wise, it's got one of the better designs. It's been yeah. uh, around that 10-round uh, rotary mag is flush on the bottom. Uh, none of these yep. other guns have a flush fit mag. The uh, the Remington's nope. the closest, but it's got like a little bump kind of a thing on the bottom. Yep. Uh, you probably see like a million of these things at Maple Seed, right, Kelly? Yeah. What we see is we see basically all of those, and the most popular is the uh, Ruger 1022 because of the mm-hmm. fact that you, the mags will drop three with the Marlin and the Remington uh, uh, 597. Uh, the mags won't drop free so you have mm-hmm. to put them in and out and yeah well, you probably don't see a lot of the savage 64s because like no. i i don't see a lot of them around here uh nope. they're very inexpensive they're like made in canada uh yep. and have been for well decades uh but uh yeah i haven't uh, i haven't heard too much about that one that's one where i went online to look for reviews for it and yeah i got uh no one's done like a really like what I would consider like a really in-depth review. There was a couple like uh, decent skin level reviews where they're like, oh, you know, I shot it and it was, it was fun, but I didn't bench it and scope it and check what the accuracy is or try it with five different kinds of ammo. I tried it with this one round nose and that's all I tried it with. And, you know, I'd be more interested in seeing like, oh, you know, out of, out of all those, uh, do they feed uh, probably the, the worst defender I'd have would be that uh, Winchester bulk ammo because it's got such a wide, uh, hollow point on it. It's almost flat on the nose and it does not feed. It, it doesn't feed in one of my bolt actions because it's such a flat profile on it. Uh, so that would be an interesting one to try in all these 22s. And then of course, like feed them with the, you know, round nose stuff and, and see how reliable they are. Um, I think I heard, uh, I, oh, I read a couple of people saying like, yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty reliable. Then it gets dirty and then it's not reliable. It's like, oh, I wonder, I wonder if these things can all take like 500 rounds without cleaning because, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, a lot of these, a lot of, uh, bolt action hunting rifles will never be cleaned in their entire lives. So for, for someone to say like, oh, you know, this, this 22 is reliable, but you have to clean it every 500 rounds. Otherwise it starts jamming like every magazine. Uh, you know, seems, uh, seems pretty silly to me. So, uh, you know, mm. I thought, I thought I'd, uh, I'd do some hands-on. I've had hands-on with the 795 before. I've had hands-on with the 1022s before. The Savage 64 and the Remington 597 are somewhat new to me. So those, those ones are going to be a, a net new, like, I wonder how they're going to go. Uh, and with mm-hmm. the Savage 64, I've actually got three to try out. So, uh, three. Yeah. Like I don't know, I don't know. I own one. My buddy bought two of them. So oh, okay. <laughs> between right. between yeah, the two of us, that. yeah, we're going to uh, we'll we'll know what the uh, what like the aggregate reliability on a uh, on a mm. group of them will be. Because uh, you know the other the other thing that you can't find out just from buying one of these things is are they all that reliable? Are they all that unreliable? Are they all all that accurate? So um, you know, I'll mm. uh, I'll be I'll be comparing and. 
I don't think I'm going to see very much difference in the accuracy between them all because they're all they're all blowback semi-auto 22s. Um, but I think I will see a difference in reliability and definitely in the ergonomics. Some of the uh, some of the yep. older designs just aren't nearly as ergonomic. That Savage 64, I watched some people changing the mag out of that and showing like how they got used to doing it. <laughs> it's terrible. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you'll notice you'll notice that out of if you're changing the mag, the one that you'll probably like the most is the Ruger. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like that but, that ability to just yeah. like grab it with your index finger and have it drop into your the palm of your hand is so nice. Yeah. Uh, my 795, it's kind of like this two-handed dance. The 597 is not terrible because you can use your index yep. finger of your right hand, so you don't have to move it. Um, and that Savage 64 has got, like, got some weird, like, use your index of your left hand and pull it forward, which is kind of weird. Do the hokey pokey. And- yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the ho- yeah. hokey pokey big time. So, yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to, uh, to try out. I, I think in, in 2014, I did a test of, uh, like, 20 different kinds of 22 ammo. So, it's about time to have another 22 summer where I'm doing a whole bunch of 22 shooting. So what you're going to do is you're going to do uh, a whole bunch of different 22 ammo through each gun, right? You bet. Yeah, I think I've got, I've probably got like 10 different kinds of ammo for uh, for 22. Yeah, so I'll, yep. I'll run like, uh, I don't know, like 10 rounds through each or, or something like that yep. um, with uh, a whole pile of the dirtiest stuff I can find. If I can find like some uh, Remington wow, yeah. Thunderbolt or Bucket yep. of Bullets or something like that, uh. Uh, something that's going to be <laughs> real nasty. Because the, the point will be, does the design self-clean or does this design encourage that garbage to get up in the action and get into the extractor groove and get into all the places where you need the, the bolt, like everything to run? Yeah, no, they stop after a while. You need to clean them. Yeah. Which one do you think yeah. is going to last the longest without cleaning? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to, so the 795, I'm- I haven't managed to stop. Uh, yeah. and that's through well over 2000. Uh, so I don't think, uh, I don't think I'm going to see many stoppages on that one. Uh, the 1022s, I've also ran those into the thousands and, and yeah. I'm not, I'm not willing to put like 10,000 rounds through a rifle just to see when it stops and like count the mean time between failures and yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, but I will run like, you know, 500 to a thousand through okay. each and, and see yeah. what happens. Okay. Like, Fair Fred, um, the squire had one of those um, 22s that's supposed to look like a scar or whatever. ACRSSCs? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he said the the barrel was so leaded that he had to basically throw the rifle away. Serious. Why wouldn't he just run a brush through it and clean the lead out? It's softer than the rest of the barrel. You ask him. I asked him, (laughs) and he said, no, it was too far gone. I, I don't understand. You just eh. clean the lead out. It's softer know, than man. steel. You just use a brass brush. It comes right out. Are you listening, Fred? <laughs> you, you tell them what you told me. I'll take the, that leaded up barrel and go, like, put a, put a brass brush through it a couple times and then go sell it you're on CGN. To, yeah. You're supposed to say it with a French accent, though. Oh, I can't do a French <laughs> it was accent leaded, very well. so I threw it out. The barrel there, she was so leaded to steel, I couldn't do nothing with it. I threw the whole gun away. <laughs> he doesn't talk like that, though. No, for sure not. That we don't talk like that. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I think that's it for me. Matthew's computer came in, so Trevor, when you Sweet. come down for the AGM, you can 
take that back to him and his oh, pants. Yeah. Fly at home and his pants. No, I refuse oh. to take the pants. I'll okay. find some pants for you too. I'll like go through my drawers. I'll be like, what about you know Kelly? What? Kelly doesn't get any pants. I got mm. pants today. Some I got five eleven tactical pants today. Thank you, you got very pants. much. Oh, I got your pants. pants. You didn't. Even, and I'm wearing them. You didn't put it on your list of uh, of things you did in guns. Well, we don't usually talk about pants. You talk about pants. Trevor and I don't talk about pants. No, we don't. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, what did I do in guns this week? I went to SFRC. It's, I was going through withdrawal. And, uh, yeah, they are really putting together. They, they're building the cabinets in the back. So, I went and had a look at those. And they're going to have an art, indoor archery range. It's awesome. And... We bought a Savage Rascal for Maple Seed, so some little kid that's coming to the youth shoots can shoot it. It's pink. We figured pink. I know little boys probably wouldn't want to shoot a pink rascal, but mm, pink means that it's probably not going to get stolen. And it also means some little girl will probably be excited about it. What do you think? Unless somebody steals it for their daughter. That's true. We had some stuff going missing, so we thought maybe pink everything. Hey, Kelly. I don't know. Uh, yeah. The five nine seven. You mentioned that it doesn't drop free. It's it's dropping free just fine on this uh, oh, five nine seven HB. Oh yeah, it just flies yeah. out of there. So okay. maybe it's something that's changed in them, or maybe I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, mm. works good in this one. Yeah. Okay. You got a good one. Yeah. Uh, what else did I do? Went to the range. Finally went shooting on Sunday. I went to Frontenac, and we shot the Maple Seed Challenge for this month and posted it, so it was pretty good. We sighted in the Savage Rascal. That was fun. Did some just some shooting, and so it was finally good to get out and actually do shooting instead of um, shooting for ourselves, actually. Uh, but, yeah, so Kevin went out today and bought a scope for the Savage Rascal that we sighted in because... You know, now we'll have to reset it. In anyways, did you get like a uh, one to four or something that's going to sit really low? Because that savage uh, rascal has a yeah. like the cheek weld on it is for yeah. the iron sights. If you it, put a scope, yeah. it's really high up. Yep. So we're working on that. The other thing is, uh, it's just a cheap. He went to Cabela's. Cabela's. And by the way, Cabela's has uh, ladies five eleven tactical pants. Exciting stuff. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. No, that's exciting stuff because I went into Cabela's and then Bass Pro down in the, in the States. They had nothing. I wanted to write to them and tell them that they needed to fix that. But, eh, so I'm wearing my pants. Maybe, uh, there's the, uh, maybe there's like a cheek piece or something like that you can get for that rascal so that... Uh, we'll probably build it up with foam. Uh, we usually use foam and some event wrap yeah. and wrap it around there and yeah. build it specifically to whichever kit. We have, uh, we have a seven-year-old that's going to be at the range uh, on the 10th that's shooting. So we're going to give that that uh, rifle to them because mm-hmm. it's a little single shot. It's cute. You know, cool. length of pull is probably correct for them too. So, mm-hmm. And on Tuesday night, went out to Napanee, uh, Napanee Gun Club, and uh, the CCFR is going to be sponsoring the Napanee's Ladies' Days that are coming up on June 17th and 18th. So this... Uh, this is their second annual one. And instead of doing one day like they did last year, they're doing two days. And they posted, uh, they just posted the uh, event on their website and I also flyers around, whatever. They sold out the ladies shoot in less than two weeks. 80 new ladies that haven't shot before are coming to this. So, wow. It, yeah. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> so we're going to go and do that. I'm going to work both days of it and just, you know, 
uh, I don't know if I'll be doing pistol like I did last year or if I'm going to be doing uh, 1022. I'm bringing, I'm bringing pistols. I'm bringing 1022s. I'm bringing ARs and all that. So they'll put me wherever I, wherever my guns are. And then also hand out stuff for the CCFR as well. T-shirts. We're sponsoring it, so they're getting lanyards. They're getting all kinds of different stuff. And Vortex is also sponsoring it too, so that's awesome. And that's everything that I did with guns this week. All right. Upcoming events. Do you want to talk about, we're going to skip two of them. We're going to go straight to the Ronnie DeGroote Steel Challenge that's this weekend. Do you want to, any updates or any changes on that, Trevor? Um, yeah, sure. I guess uh, we are actually, we made some changes to the categories. Last okay. year, we just did iron sights, and it didn't matter what your caliber was. We put everybody with iron sights in one division, everybody in open and in the open division, and revolver and revolver. This year, we're moving closer to the actual steel challenge rules, so we're running limited, which will be um, your 40 cals and your 45, stuff like that. Um, production, which will be IPSC production, and single stack. So limited guns. Uh, the single stack guns, you could be 40 versus 45 versus 9, unfortunately, but you know, you're going to a steel challenge to your caliber wisely. Uh, they don't divide the single stack by caliber. Not that I'm aware of anyway. Um, so we're doing that. We're doing single stack production, uh, limited and open. And we're also going to, I thought this wouldn't happen until next year, but we're going to uh, allow rimfire rifle in the actual steel challenge competitions. Cool. Yeah. In um, major steel challenge matches down in the u.s there's a whole day of just rimfire so the guys will run it the day before with um rimfire pistol iron sights rimfire pistol open and rimfire rifle iron sights rimfire rifle open cool yeah very cool so having uh well anyway we'll get into it later but it, it makes it accessible so yeah we're those are the only uh, the only updates and no steel core ammo of course right yeah. So, how many people are you expecting for it? I have 29 pre-registered already. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, if you want to go shoot it, it's on uh, tomorrow. No, June 3rd. Yeah, tomorrow. Saturday. No, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, 10. tomorrow if you're listening to this Friday. <laughs> 10 a.m. And it's $20. And bring 250 rounds that are not still core. Yeah, right. and uh, smoke on the waters doing the barbecue. So. Sweet. So mm. I told a friend of mine about that. He's he's the guy that keeps going there every couple of months. I said, oh, go, yeah. go to smoke on the water. He said, okay. Anyways, <laughs> all right. Uh, so they're, not, they're, they're, they're not open yet for the season. So one of their, one of my fellow smoke on the water junkies, I sent him a message and said, if you need a fix early, come to my match. <laughs> That's awesome. You he might actually, privileges. yeah, you might actually drive all the way out there just to get some smoke on the water. Mm. <laughs> and well, I am a kind of a preferred customer over there, so I usually uh, I have no problem uh, hooking okay. up with them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying I eat a lot of smoked meat in the summer, but I eat a lot of smoked meat in the summer. <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, seventh annual Canadian Podcasters Charity Shoot. It's going to be July eighth. Uh, to Guelph Rod and Gun Club. I keep wanting to say July 7th for some reason. <laughs> it's going to be in Guelph, Ontario. It's hosted by the Canadian Patriot Podcast and the International Liberty or Death Podcast. It is going to... Uh, 
the charity this year is going to be many to one. Now, the event itself is open to everyone. So if you're interested, go on to Facebook and you can look it up under the 7th Annual uh, Podcasters Charity Shoot and sign up there. And uh, if you... Uh, sign up. Uh, you can sign up through what is it? Practice score? Isn't it practice score? Yep, it's on practice score. You can register for it on practice score. You can even yep. register for the pub night on practice score. Oh, mm-hmm. I did that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing is, don't leave it open and post it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, where are we at? Okay. We have one spot available still. Do you think for it looks the like, it looks like, course? It looks like we just got another spot opened uh, opened up on day two. Um, one of Mister Uzi's buddies cannot make it, so um, and he hadn't paid yet anyway. So we we're probably gonna have to kick him out. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but it is June, so if you have not paid, uh, please do to get to hold your spot. And if you would like a spot on day two, contact us because we now have one spot open on day one and one spot open on day two. So it'd be cool and sign up for both. All right. And any more updates on anything else with that? Nope. AK Pub Night. Okay. Uh, Adriel, do you want to talk about the BTSA? Yeah, the uh, Buffalo Target Shooters Association. Uh, are doing some young gun shoot contests in Calgary, Alberta at the Sibold Flats shooting range. The next ones up will be September 30th for the turkey shoot, October 22nd for the pumpkin shoot, December 31st for the snowshoe shoot. Uh, contact Nick or sign up through Facebook. All right. Ryan McLeod sent in a couple of messages. He sent in the first one. The Meaford Long Range Steel Challenge PRS match will be running on September 1st to the 3rd at the Canadian Forces Base Meaford. Registration is open for follow us on Facebook for more details and a quickly growing sponsor list. He also sent in uh, there will be holding an intro into PRS at CFB Petawawa on July 1st and 2nd. A day one will be a clinic followed by a match Sunday. Cost is $70 for the weekend and $25 for just the match. For more information, email Ryan, uh, Ryan McLeod, and it's ryan.mcle25 uh, at gmail.com. And three gun matches. Adriel, do you want to update yeah. us on that? Yeah, this Saturday there will be the Vancouver Island three gun nation uh, match. Uh, followed that on Sunday, there'll be the FLBWA, that's the Fort LaBoss Wildlife Association, their multi-gun, as well as the CDTSA uh, three-gun on uh, on the 4th as well. That one will be in Milo, Alberta. Uh, Following, coming up to next weekend here, just to kind of get some of those through since there's there's quite a few of them, Chaz three-gun will be on June 10th. The Manitoba Defensive Pistol League will have their multi-gun on the 10th as well. Ontario Action Shooting will be doing a shotgun uh, shoot at the uh, Galt Sportsman Club on the 10th. Crumlin Multi-Gun is on the 10th. Mm. And Raz, the uh, Wild Rose Action shooting uh, Shooters, will be on June 10th as well. So uh, if, <laughs> if you're into three-gun, uh, June 10th is the weekend to shoot. <laughs> Excellent. All right. What about the raffle there, Trevor? Uh, we still have tickets available. I mean, uh, they are they can be purchased by sending an EMT to the Rescuers Gun Club at gmail.com. It's for a Savage Axis, chambered in 22250, the one that comes, it's stainless, comes with a Bushnell scope and a hard case. 
Tickets are five bucks each or three for ten bucks. And um, yeah, so we've had two listeners email uh, email for tickets now. So thanks and uh, yeah, help support the club and maybe win a rifle. Okay. And finally, the maple seed. We have another shoot that's up. We posted it. It's for July second. It's in Grand Cache, Alberta. So if you are interested, check out mapleseedriflemen.com and go to the events page, and uh, it's on there. You can sign up. Uh, we have pretty much sold out of everything else, though. So news in the news. What do we got, Adriel? What did you put in this week? All right. Well, I got a couple of different uh, gun things that showed up on CGN here. Uh, one of them's that uh, Nordic Marksman. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you guys how you feel about the Magwell locks on ARs, but they have some of the Colt brand ones. Uh, so if you want like a really solid uh, lock that you can put onto your AR, uh, this is one of them. So I have I have one. Um, the question of legality everyone brought up. What does the actual wording say? Does the wording of the Firearms Act say? Just make it inoperable with some kind of lock. I know you used to be able to put a padlock behind your trigger, and that was good enough because you couldn't mm-hmm. press the trigger. But uh, any idea where these things stand? Not uh, a little bit. I don't even know. Well, I have one, and I use it on mine. Doesn't make it legal, though. No. I have one, too. I know. So my question but, is, do we know if they're legal? Well, your bolt can't go forward. Anyways, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I'm also not crazy about keeping my spring under tension. I wouldn't store a pistol with the slide lock back. You'd store a magazine full of ammo. Yeah, because the would. spring's about uh, it, it's about uh, cycles, right? It's not necessarily about leaving it under tension. Yeah, I've heard that too, right? So yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're. I see what you're saying. A spring is a, sh- a spring is a spring is a spring. You would think, right? So if it's okay to leave your mags loaded, why is it not okay to lock your slide back? But I was told by Masada you by Mag Forty, mags are okay, slides aren't. Hmm. Maybe there's something to that. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't question it. Hmm. Uh, I'm just looking at the legislation on locking devices. Uh, let's see, yada, yada, yada. A device that when installed in a firearm is designed to prevent the firearm from being operated without first deactivating the device. A device incorporated into the design of the firearm that's designed to prevent the operation of the firearm by anyone not having access to the device. That would be like your uh, locks that are like built into the pistol kind of a thing. Or, like on the uh, Smith & Wesson revolvers. Yeah, or a safe gun case, gun lockbox, or something that can be used to store the firearm and can be unlocked only by use of a key. This might just, yeah, I think that is good to go. Yeah, that's talking about a handgun, so I think that's good to go. I'm sure listeners will email us telling us that we're wrong, but, uh, you know, that's what oh, I'm seeing we're not, here. we're not lawyers. Nope. And this nope. show is for entertainment purposes only. Correct. Go to, go to so. a friend's house. <laughs> we're we're yeah no legal advice here anyways they've got those bagwell locks if you're looking for something a little bit more solid <laughs> than uh uh like most of the trigger locks can be defeated with a with a flathead screwdriver so this would be better yep. than that <laughs> uh the calgary Sh- uh, shooting center has uh ksg shotguns and Aguila mini shells in stock both the buck and the slugs so <laughs> if you if you wanted to load up a ksg with a box of ammo. Uh, <laughs> there you go. They're so cute. They are, and they're they yeah, really are. slugs and yeah. buck and all sorts of other weird stuff in a tiny little shot shell. 
Uh, West Rifle has SVT-40 and TT-33 magazines in stock. So if you lost yours or it just it's not reliable or something like that, there's, uh, there's that option. Uh, Wasp Munitions has brass at 20% off from June 1st to 7th. So they've got, uh, you know, if you're looking for some once-fired uh, range brass at a, at a decent price, uh, they've definitely got some for, uh, for a discount right now. Uh, Delask has a Serbu uh, BFG-50A in stock. This is a 50 cal semi-auto uh, rifle that, for all intents and purposes, is uh, kind of like the Barrett, but it's a Serbu. Right. And they just posted, it's sold. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't sold cal, this man. morning. <laughs> it, well, it's sold now. Mm. <laughs> I had a look. Yes. All right, next. We got to get some of those. Uh, there's those like really inexpensive Serbus that are like not like a pipe bomb, but they have that like like screwing thing on the back, and they're super cheap. We need to get some of those up here. I feel we like all our have. all our fifty cals are like twenty five hundred bucks up, kind of thing. Uh. uh oh, I'd really love to know how to sp- uh, pronounce this name, but the Angstad UDP nine SBRs are on it. sale. Yep. <laughs> At uh, Saskatoon Gunworks, these are uh, like a nine millimeter uh, AR-15, uh, and those are starting at sixteen hundred bucks. So if you're looking for like a dedicated nine mil AR-15 kind of thing, they've got them at yep. Saskatoon Gunworks. Little shorty barrel. Yeah, yep. they're very small, very compact. Mm-hmm. For fifteen hundred ninety-five dollars and ninety-five cents. <laughs> Trevor, what about this RCMP patrol carbine? Too powerful. Uh- I'll get back to that. Dan Grady is dead to me. He just confessed oh. to sending me the bag of dicks. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, I owe you an apology. Oh, I was just going to say, what, where's my apology? <laughs> now, you know, Kelly, you have to mail him one now because he won't oh, suspect you. I know. Sure I will. Why did <laughs> well, he put what he put? I anyway. have to put one in the mail. All right, so I, I tried to include a news story in this week's news segment uh, entitled RCMP Patrol Car Being Too Powerful. Uh, the rest of the country may not be aware that there are uh, hearings going on right now because the federal government is suing itself, basically, which makes no sense. But um, there are hearings going on right now Um to investigate the shooting that occurred in Moncton when the RCMP were gunned down. And uh, a um, under fire, the Caribbean Global News, maybe this is it. Anyway, um, so they're looking at all this, all the uh, factors that led up to the shooting and the RCMP's ability to respond and whatnot. And some witness testified that the patrol carbine that the RCMP carries is too powerful. I thought what? it was the opposite. Yeah. Uh, who the heck was the witness? I, I can't look at the story because it's on the Telegraph Journal website, and they won't let you look at their website unless you buy a, a subscription. Mm-hmm. I'm willing yeah. to bet that that witness hasn't shot the Serbu, Serbu BFG-50. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's too powerful. <laughs> or just yeah. right. Yeah, so anyway, hopefully I'll be able to track the story down for next week because, you know, there's a lot going on at that uh, at those hearings that have to do with, you know, the RCMP is trying to hold the uh, government liable for not uh, equipping them after Maythorpe like they said they would. Uh-huh. And uh, anyway, more on that later. 
Okay. All right. All right. So for tonight's main topic, we're going to talk all about Steel Challenge because, well, Kelly doesn't know anything about it and Trevor knows everything. So <laughs> well. I, just, I just said that, didn't I? How big is your how big's your head right now? Uh, it's all right, you know, because uh, yeah, I know <laughs> that uh, I don't know everything, and, and I'll be the first to admit it. Okay. So, um, yeah, well, with the steel challenge coming up, and um, yeah, you not knowing much about it. Uh, I thought it would make for a great topic because we do touch upon different um, forms of shooting sports once in a while. And I really, really love Steel Challenge because although maybe, you know, it could be expensive to get into for a club if you don't have the appropriate targets, once you have them, if you buy quality, you have them for life provided that they don't get stolen or destroyed by club members shooting them with something they're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Steel Challenge is easy to set up because it's their pre-established courses of fire. Uh, when you print the stage, you're printing the diagram for the exact measurements of where things go and at what distance and what height and all that stuff. What I like about Steel Challenge, it's action shooting, but it's it's a great introduction to action shooting because it eliminates some of the things that uh, intimidate new shooters from getting into sports like IPSC or USPSA or IDPA. And one of the okay. things that intimidates the most is movement. After that, it's probably... Um, the ability to come up with a good stage plan. When you're shooting an action shooting sport, there are targets at varying distances, varying sizes, some that disappear, some that swing, um, some that appear and then disappear. And just you have to figure out where am I going to go first and when do I change my magazine? There's a lot of thinking on your feet and coming up with a good stage plan. And that's a huge part of the game. Everybody at the top level can shoot and what what separates the winners is their ability to execute their plan flawlessly on demand under pressure well in steel challenge you're standing in a box there's only two stages that have more than one box you're standing in a box shooting at stationary plates so you don't have to come up with a fancy stage plan and you don't have to worry about moving with a loaded gun you do it all from a static position so let's get into it this the steel okay. The steel challenge that we're talking about is the actual steel challenge. Right. Comp- it, it is its own shooting sport, just like IDPA is a shooting sport and IPSC right. is a shooting sport and USPSA is a shooting sport. There, There's all kinds of three-gun out there, and there's mm-hmm. USPSA three-gun and three-gun nation three-gun, and then there's all kinds of outlaw three-gun. Well, there's outlaw steel challenge too. The match okay. that we're doing this weekend is not an approved sanctioned steel challenge match because it's not using all of the steel challenge stages. It's not using all of the divisions. It's not, you know, it's, it's a, it's a club match. It's a, a fun match, but it is using some of the stages from steel challenge. So, um, we are moving towards though, actual legitimate steel challenge in the future. If you're talking about legitimate steel challenge, you have, eight steel challenge stages. They can be found all over the internet. You can watch them on YouTube, figure out the best way to shoot them based on what the experts are saying on YouTube. You can go to the steel challenge website, download the rule book. They're all in there. They are accelerator five to go outer limits, pendulum roundabout showdown, smoke and hope and speed option. 
the targets that you use in these state in these steel challenge stages are 18 by 24 rectangular steel plates, 10 inch plates and 12 inch plates. So if you want to build your own steel challenge stages and you have access to the materials and the tools, you need to get 10 inch plates, 12 inch plates and 18 by 24 inch rectangles. That's it. They sit on stands anywhere between five and six feet high. And the way the scoring works is you shoot it almost all of them five times and they take the best four strings. So the best four to five strings will be counted as your total score for each stage, except for outer limits, which is the best three out of four. Um, And your score is your actual time. So for example, on Saturday, we're going to shoot six stages and the winner in each division will be the person with the lowest score or the lowest time, just like golf. Uh-huh. Um, another cool thing about Steel Challenge is the start position. That's how the shooter places themselves when they're ready to go. Right. You always start with your wrists above your shoulders, your hands above your shoulders, and that's called the surrender position. So all Steel Challenge stages start from the yeah. surrender position. So on the beep, you reach down, you grab your gun. That way, you draw it from the surrender position and go. Um, unless you're shooting rimfire pistol and rimfire rifle. So what's really cool about Steel Challenge is it's a great way to get new shooters into shooting. So somebody says, well, you know, I'd like to try some action shooting, but all I have is a Ruger Mark III or Ruger 2245. Great, bring it. And in the rimfire division, you don't draw the pistol. So a new shooter oh. would come up to the shooting line with their pistol in a, in a case. High ready? Uh, 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 yeah, and they would okay. load and make ready, assume the high ready position, yeah. and on the beep, shoot their targets, beep, and beep, then, beep, beep. yeah, reload and, and, and do it again. Cool. It's iron sights or open, which would be like um, the Thomas Donnelly cheater pistol, compensator and red <laughs> dot. That's what he should be shooting with that thing. Um, yeah, there you go, Thomas. Come to the Steel Challenge and bring your cheater pistol. You'll have your own uh, your own category, and other people can shoot with you. Uh, what else? There's also rimfire rifle. So uh, I'm thinking like Jewel is going to bring her 795. Um, Muffin's uh, girlfriend's kid is going to bring Muffin's 1022. Okay. So there's going to be there's going to be rifle shooters, and you shoot it the exact same way as you do with the pistol, only you just shoot it with a rifle. Yeah, so pretty uh, pretty accessible. Uh, what else can I tell you about Steel Challenge? Um, okay, all the stages have one shooting box or shooting position, except right. for Outer Limits. Outer Limits is the most unique one of the whole bunch of the eight. It has three boxes. One box is in the center of the stage, and then six feet away, you have a box on the left. Six feet away, you have a box on the right. So you have three boxes, separated by six feet you start off on your um weak side and let's see how does this work now outer limits you have you'll have three boxes four by four feet the shooter will start on their weak side shooting box and will engage the 20 yard plate and the 35 yard plate on the weak side of the center line and then move to the middle box, engage the last two plates and the stop plate. So, yeah, so I forgot to mention that the, every stage has five plates. Okay. 
one plate is always designated the stop plate. Okay. So if you now there are eight stages, and the eight st each stage is different. Some have ten inch plates, twelve inch or tw ten inch round plates, twelve inch round plates, and the eighteen by twenty four rectangles. It's a combination of those. There's one of the stages is all plates, and I think it's um, oh, it doesn't matter right now. But no, no, I have to find it. Uh, da, 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 right. Um, so this there's a couple actually that are all circles. Um, roundabout is all round plates. And and this one we're actually going to be using in our match on Saturday. Uh, pendulum is all round plates. So you have um, two 10-inch plates, two 12-inch plates, and one 12-inch stop plate. So you paint them all white, and then you designate the stop plate by painting it the post red or orange, but leave okay. all the plates white. Yeah. So you've so, done that, right? For yes. Yep. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so with outer limits, if you're a right-handed shooter, you're going to start in the left box. At the beep, you're going to shoot the 20-yard plate and 30-yard, 35-yard plate, then move to the middle, shoot the other two plates and the stop plate. You always have to shoot your stop plate last. If you screw the order up and you don't go back and hit do it correctly and hit the stop plate last, you will, you will receive a 30-second penalty. So it's very important to always make sure the last plate that you hit is the stop plate. If you hit the stop plate before hitting another plate, you got to go back, hit that plate that you missed, then go back to the stop plate. And then it's just, forget it. That stage is gone. You might as well take that one as your throwaway. You shoot it five times, throw your worst time away. So five plates, one's a stop plate. You shoot every stage five times. You drop the worst time, except for outer limits. You only shoot it four times. So, if you're a right-handed, if you're a left-handed shooter, you're going to start in the right-hand box, and then you're going to shoot the 20 and the 35, then go to the middle, shoot the other two, and the stop plate. That one is not in our match because um, it involves movement, and this is um, opening up the steel challenge for anyone. It's not a Nipsic match. You don't need to have a black badge. You know, it's just stand and deliver stuff, and I want it to be accessible, so right. I'm keeping the no movement out. The other stage that has multiple boxes is called Showdown. And Showdown's a little different. You still you still stay in one box, but remember you got five runs, right? Yeah. So you shoot you shoot uh, three runs from one box, two runs from the other box, and then the competitor chooses either box to shoot their fifth and final run. There's no movement between the boxes. So um, two runs will be shot from one box. Sorry, two runs from one box, two runs from the other box. That's four. And your fifth one, you decide. So whichever side you're most comfortable on, that's where you're going to do your, your fifth and final final run from. So Okay. Um, that's all the... That's it's like a quick and dirty introduction. We're not going to get into right. the best way to shoot all of these stages. But, um, yeah, you guys have any questions? Well, originally, because I said Kelly doesn't know anything. Uh, originally, when we were talking about steel challenges a long time ago, I was thinking that it included things like the dueling trees and the, the you know, the Texas Star and, and all yeah. that. Those, That's those are, not part of it, is it? No, that is not part of it. Those are those are steel props that clubs can use in any kind of match they want. And it's like I said, with three gun, 
match match directors and clubs do what they want and they call it three gun and it is three gun but it may not necessarily be uh what i would call off you know um three gun nation sanctioned three gun nation or sanctioned um uspsa multi-gun right it doesn't hold specifically to this this specific rule book um when you see a dueling tree or a plate rack in a steel challenge match it's not an actual sanctioned steel challenge which mine is not but we're going to go there. So, um, yeah. Okay. So it's not even used in like outlaw, is it? What's that? Like the plate racks. As the, soon as uh, you throw a plate rack into a steel challenge match, it is an outlaw. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, like, so who are you getting, who are you getting your steel from? Oh, X-Mental Targets, of course. Oh, of course. Well, I'm trying to... I'm, I'm, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Nice plug. Product, product placement. <laughs> um, Said the guy who's sponsored by X-Mental Target. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So, well, Kelly, right now the steel that we have is very old and yeah. quite, quite beat up. And we don't actually have enough rectangular plates or round plates to build all eight stages. I found okay. this out last year when I tried to put on the steel challenge for the first time. Um, we've had steel challenge matches at Restigush in the past under the old match director and used whatever we had for steel to substitute. Right. So even on Saturday, I say that we have four of the eight steel challenge stages set up accordingly. And we kind of do, except for... Uh, accelerator in accelerator you're standing in a box and 30 feet away you've got one uh 10 inch plate one uh 18 by 24 rectangle then 45 feet away you've got in your center line the stop plate and then 60 feet away another um 12 inch plate and another 18 by 24 inch rectangle no cat you cannot get on my laptop what are you doing i'm podcasting get out of here (laughs) Move Salem. Sorry, guys. She literally was going to sit right on the laptop. <laughs> and, uh, of course. of course, I'm helping. <laughs> you want to see me right now? No, I don't. Stop purring. You're not helping. Anyway, <laughs> the uh, I ran out of 18 by 24 inch plates. So in my accelerator stage, the first two plates at 30 feet are yeah. both 12 inch circles instead of one 12 inch circle or one. T- it's supposed to be a 10 inch circle. And an 18 by 24 inch plate, and I actually have a 10 inch circle and a 12 inch circle. So whatever, it's a lot. But so anyway, I'm in. I'm, I'm uh, in talks, if you will, with um, the president of X Metal Targets to get an entire set. And oh. what some clubs do, and this is great if they don't have big numbers, is they get enough to build four. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they build they build four. And they stop. They shoot them, they tear them down, they oh. build the other. Yeah, I'm not doing that. That's that's for hobos. I need to have enough <laughs> to make. This is Restigush. We don't roll like that. We need yeah. to have enough to have all eight set up at one time. Mm. And that's my goal for next year. Next year's Steel Challenge match will be all eight of the actual Steel Challenge stages. You know what I think you should do? What? I think for next year's charity shoot, we should do a Steel Challenge too. Yeah. Well... Yeah. So, hey, can we announce that? Is that a thing? Is that an official thing? I think thing? we just did. <laughs> All right. So, um, I have offered to host the charity shoot for 2018. The eighth annual will be back in Restigush. Sweet. And absolutely. 
Absolutely, Kelly. You know what? Instead I'm of... I'm coming to NB. Here's... Oh, you are a genius, I'm, Kelly. You know what? I'm genius. already booking the you. room. I could hug you right now. Today, he could have killed me because he thought I sent him a bag of dicks. <laughs> and now I'm in love with you all over again. Because, Why? listen, here's the thing. Because the Ronnie DeGroote Memorial Steel Challenge will take place the same weekend every year. Right. But the charity shoot is afterwards. Yes. Mm. So for the charity shoot, instead of shooting an Ipsic match, we'll shoot a steel challenge and it'll already be set up. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. So beautiful. You saved me I... so much tr- so much time and efforts. I take back almost everything I ever said that was remotely critical. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> sure I do. You're awesome. I'm gonna have to. Uh, uh, I'm gonna have to book a, a room at the uh, hotel uh, Furlot as for well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The farther you, uh, the farther you travel, the more guaranteed you are of a bed. Yay. As well as your co-hosts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Already booking. Thank you. Yep. Not yeah. a problem. So I need to contact Miss Savoy about that, right? Is... Yes. Okay. Yeah. I can right. see. I can see the sign on your door now. It'll say Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Or the classy one. Who knows? Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, do you, uh, which which provinces have steel challenge and shoot it often? Do you are, do you know Trevor? Um, well, I tell you what, Alberta mm-hmm. is working on hosting the Canadian Steel Challenge Nationals. I didn't know we had enough provinces shooting actual steel challenge matches that we had an association big enough to hold the freaking nationals. Really. Yeah, oh, I was sounds like I should be shooting this. Yes, you definitely should be shooting this. Yeah, um, our friends over at Matador Arms are working on on uh, the Steel Challenge Nationals. Ah, looks like they do it down at the BTSA. Huh, I should go shoot that. Yeah, man, it's such Steel Challenge offers its own unique challenges. There are five plates and. There are different ways to shoot them to minimize movement, maximize time. And it's really like some of them are really fast. Some of them are complicated. I mean, you can have distances. Let's look at the distances here. Well, uh, this one's all in, depending on where you print them, sometimes the measurements are in yards. Sometimes they're in meters. Um, Let's see here. 54 feet. That one, 54 feet to the 18 by 24 inch plates. That's not a big deal. Um, Pendulum. Pendulum. Come on. Open. Is 18 yards. So 18 yards is roughly 20 meters. Uh, So 54 feet to two 10 inch plates and two 12 inch plates. And then your stop plate is at 30. So, you know, it's like... Big plate, little plate, little plate, big plate, and then stop plate. Um, you can't really hose on that. But I encourage the listeners to go to YouTube and search on YouTube things like how to shoot pendulum, how to shoot roundabout. Roundabout is kind of cool. There's a couple different ways to do it. Uh, my, my personal favorite is a stage called Smoke and Hope. You have two, it's four of the rectangle plates with a um, stop plate in the back, and they're shaped like a pyramid. You've got 21 feet away, two 18 by 24 rectangular plates that are 
um, 28 feet apart. And then 27 feet away, you have two more 18 by 24 inch rectangular plates, 18 feet apart. And then 42 feet away is the stop plate. And the stop plate is the 12 inch circle. So you can go um, hit the two close ones from right to left and hit the two next furthest out from right to left. And then the stop plate, or do you go close far, switch over to the other side, close far, then stop plate. You're always trying to speed your way to the, to the stop plate with the least amount of movement. It's, um, it's really, really cool. And it's, it's all about speed and, you know, you try and have a burning, just try and burn it down. Right. And sometimes it just, you get, you just get smoked. Like I'm doing from the draw five plates and I'm use if I fall under four seconds on any of them, I'm pretty pumped. You watch the pros do it, and they're under two seconds. They're getting the gun out of the holster, and they're getting five hits in under two seconds on some of these stages. It's mental. Yeah, it's and- uh, the the gamer. Uh, make yourself like a robot shooting a gun. Uh, aspect of it is kind of neat. Yeah. I mean, fundamentals have got to be down. You've got to not move that gun when you break the shot. Mm-hmm. If you're moving the gun when you're breaking the shot, you're not going to go fast. You're going to be doing makeup shots all over the place. So, anyway, that that's that's the sport of steel challenge, guys. Check it out. Go out, shoot it if you can. If you have a pistol and a holster and are looking for something to do that is fun with your pistol, but not running and gunning per se then steel challenge might be for you. I know, um, Melissa from the armed couples podcast, I believe she went out and tried either steel challenge or the Glock stuff. I don't think she's a no, Glock it girl. Still, though, it so. was still challenge. Was well, still challenge. Yeah. yeah. She's a Glock girl. Is she? I didn't think yeah, there was a Glock in that house. Uh, yeah. You're the one that, you know, was talking to her and kind of like, so she, well, if Trevor likes it, I'll go and buy it, just like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> this must have been before my FN affair. It was. Oh, so she had a Glock, but yeah, she went out and shot Steel Challenge because you told her she should do it. So she did. There you you tell, you, yeah, well, yeah, she's drinking your Kool-Aid like big time. Awesome. Well, yeah, she's a smart woman, and we we share we share a twisted sense of humor. She sends me the funniest stuff on Facebook sometimes. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, all right. Adriel. Yo. Why don't we do listener feedback and we'll get you to read this one from Colin because it's long. Perfect. From Colin. <laughs> Drivel, yes. I started listening last year and got through all the back episodes. I'm sorry. Uh, I will be sending you a bill for the 206 hours, trying to be fair, at one hour per episode that I have wasted listening to you people talk about guns, planes, bows, prepping, and whatever else there was. Truly, though, I have actually enjoyed all the work you do. do. Yes, even if the show is about nothing. In the spirit of complete honesty, I'm glad Trevor never left, saddened when Owen did, and happy to have a bit of class and a Western voice. Ah, then there is Matthew. I am so glad he doesn't have my cell number. I wouldn't forgive as easily as Trevor did. Or did he? To all the listeners... Send in revenge ideas for Trevor so we can laugh at Matthew's expense, if for nothing less than his inability to not interrupt. Kidding aside, Matthew, I wish you and Trevor lived near me so you could teach me how to shoot properly. I would have loved to get in on the Alberta shoot, but I can't, so whatever, I guess. 
Thanks to all, Colin, a.k.a. Enlightened One. P.S. So jealous of all the range time you get in. Do you even hold jobs? Can you put out an episode every day? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Once a week if is I a put stretch. out an episode a day, I wouldn't have time to go shooting as much as I do. Right. You could Actually, do the episodes true. at the shooting range. You'd have to. True story, right? So, uh, Tuesday, we got... For the for the Ipsic match we had last Saturday when when Matthew was here. Oh, by the way, everybody, before I forget, Matthew beat me. Mm. You didn't have to say that. Yeah, I know I didn't have to, but I yeah. am the bigger man, both figuratively and literally. And uh, <laughs> I don't know that it's happened before, so I thought it was important that I let everybody know. Yeah, it happened before. I don't think so. Yeah, it has. No, I'm pretty sure. I'll go back and look at the notes. All right, you do that. You search every episode of Slamfire and Canadian Reload Radio to find the time that he beat me. He beat me in three gun. He beat me in three gun more than no, once. No, no, no. I don't Anyways. know if I've ever beat him in three gun, to be perfectly honest. But anyway, yeah. So he beat me. He took first in. in uh, he took first in um, production. Then he took his airplane up to ten thousand fifty-five feet. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Um, so yeah. So we, anyway. Uh, you're talking about where do we get all the time and, and to, to be on the range that much. <laughs> There's this guy, poor God, love him. He, every time he shows up to shoot, I'm there working and he's finally had enough of me. So he was there Tuesday night. We were setting up for the, uh, for the club Ipsic style match. And then he was there Tuesday night. We were setting up for the, uh, steel challenge. He looks at me and goes, do you effing live here? <laughs> he was pissed. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, if it's not Monday night, which is rifle night. I'm here. So, yep. Anyway. Well, it's summertime. You have SummerSlam. You have the Steel Challenge. You have... you Matches you, in between. Yeah, I live yeah, there. You live there. Now we've got construction coming up with ranges that need to be certified. And, oh, man, that's another story for another day. But anyway. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm sure that Matthew next week will be telling us about his triumph. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you would like to send an email uh, and tell Trevor that or Matthew that he need anyways, send us an email at slamfireradio at gmail.com. iTunes reviews, we do not have any this week. Even Beanpod, we don't have any of those either. Shoutouts, what's up with that? Um, to everyone that's coming to the Steel Challenge this weekend, I can't wait to see you guys. David Copping sent me an extended magazine release for the Q100 because he heard me whining about how I can't hit the button. Aww. And to the Calgary Shooting Center for sponsoring SummerSlam. Nice. Dan Grady. Uh, you Oh, this is you got one for Dan Grady? Well, I got one I, for Dan Grady, too. <laughs> Dan Grady. I, no, no, no. Uh, no. <laughs> Dan Grady's a Patreon, which means I have his address. That's all yes. I'm going to say. <laughs> he is. So he, we're getting into the Patreon supporters, and Dang signed up for it last night when he was chatting with me. Uh, yeah, he was telling me that he was sending you what he was sending you. So it was awesome. We were you, going. What, to- you were in. You were in on that. You knew. <laughs> so <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> so you're guilty by association. If you're driving Not the really. car, you're as guilty as the people who robbed the bank. Nah. I knew you had something to do with this. I knew it. No, he had. Took it upon himself. He just let me know because he was going to be in town. So I just had a feeling you were involved. I, I'm so sorry that we didn't get a chance to meet up and laugh at Trevor's expense together. So, 
gonna laugh at my expense. You got the pick on for me this week. What's with the fur lot and fur less? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> How bored were you that day? Uh, well, mm-hmm. it's true though. You gotta you gotta tame that beard there, buddy. My beard's just fine. It's like Gandalf the Gray. It's Trevor the Gray to you. <laughs> All right, who wants to say hi hi to Jason? Hi. Oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I was really confused for a second. <laughs> oh, yeah, shout out for Jason. Uh, we went for lunch the other day and talked about uh, shooting CZs and that kind of thing. He wants to bring Steel Challenge to Chaz, and I really want to do that, too. That would be a lot of fun. Awesome. I know a guy who can get you some steel targets. Mm-hmm. He was saying that apparently there's like a traveling roadshow kind of a thing uh, somewhere in Alberta here that'll like set it up and do all the stuff. So it's like, yeah, yeah, cool. let's do Wait. that. What's see the ones that we have? They're they're completely fabricated. It's a plate welded to a piece of pipe, and the pipe is welded to some angle iron that makes the base. And it's really, I mean, it served the purpose for for the time. But now that we can buy professional targets, what I like is you can buy the base uh-huh. and this and the plate attached to a an attachment, and you put it on two by four. Mm. Your two by fours get shot up. You throw them in the burn pile and replace it with new two by fours. You can customize the height exactly where you want it because there are some that are higher than others. And then when it comes time to put it away, man, I got the back of this trailer. I got all these plates standing up and taking up all this real estate in this storage trailer. If you could just remove the plate and the base and the stand and just pile it all in a nice neat pile. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, the future is now. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Was the sandwich good, though? Uh, my sandwich? Okay. Yeah. No, what did we even eat? I he didn't buy a sandwich. Like Louisiana stuff. Mm. Oh, Louisiana food. Okay. All right. Louisiana food's pretty good, too. Yeah. All right. Patreon supporters, we have actually a bunch of them this week, so that's good. Uh, Dustin L is 2T3. Tim A, 2T3. That's a popular that's a popular caliber right now. Craig F for $1. And Dan G... $2.84 plus a bag of dicks. 84 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to all of our Patreon uh, supporters. Um, yeah. We're we, we, words together into the sentences tonight, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. It's my first time talking ever. Uh, yeah. But, no, really, the Patreon supporters, without them, you know, Adriel, he wouldn't be coming to the charity shoot and getting to meet a bunch of people. And we wouldn't be able to pay for our bandwidth. And, well, maybe we would. We just have to pay for ourselves. <laughs> we paid for it before. It just came out of our pockets. Yes. Yeah. But thank you to everybody. Amazing. We have lots of great um, Patreon supporters. And we really should be getting a, an episode to them soon. And if you are new to us, Dustin L, Tim A, Craig F, and Dan G, make sure that you send us uh, your address so we can send out all your swag to you. Adriel's going to be sending it out too soon, right? Yeah, once a month. Might be getting, some people might be getting a little bit extra swag. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, don't open it. All right. I should, I should just get like a bottle of glitter and pop it in some of these envelopes. Nah. Man, straight, you That's should. a good idea, yeah. Are we still not allowed to send viruses through the mail? Is that still a thing that the government gets all touchy about? You you mean like anthrax and all that? I know, scientists. I don't know. 
Yeah. Can I can I send along some aids or something? <laughs> Give no. Dandy aids? No. All right. No. All right. Let's sign off. Uh, so please join one of our National Firearms Association, like the CCFR or the CSSA, or if you want to do like the NFA, whatever. Uh, it's important to support those that support us, and you can go out and do some steel challenges, some Ipsic shooting, some three gun matches, some uh, maple seeds. Just go out and shoot some. Go shooting. And also check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. We have a thread there, and we post the episodes every week. But we also like to chat with you, so, you know, chat with us. And finally, on Facebook, we have 1,679 likes as of today. So, that's it. Anybody got any words of wisdom before we sign off for the night? Good night. Good night. Well, good night, everybody. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 208 for July the 7th. Yes. Uh, and it's not July the 7th. Who put June 7th? 